You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. She's Brady Quinn. Always great to talk to Brady every Friday. Fox Sports College and NFL studio and game analyst. And, of course, the uh, radio show that precedes ours. Two pros and a cup of Joe alongside LeVar Arrington and Jonas Knox. Also, Brady will be in Lincoln, Nebraska for Saturday's big noon kickoff on Fox with Ohio State taking on Nebraska. Brady joins us now. What happened in Nebraska? Well, I think they decided to leave what was the Big 8, Big 12, and join the Big 10, where I don't know that they've ever really found their footing and the ability to compete within that conference. I think from a recruiting standpoint, which we all know is the lifeblood of college football programs, really any athletics program at the college level, and they've struggled to be able to do so um, competitively within that conference. So I I think that's part of it. I also think they kind of got away from what was success with Bo Pelini, thinking they were going to get back to the heydays. And it's just a different time in college football. And, And it's harder now than ever, I think, for some of those blue bloods to understand that what you did in the past, you're not going to be able to replicate now in the future. You've got to change. You've got to adapt and adjust. And I think they're still trying to figure that out right now at Nebraska. What did you think of the uh, top four rankings with the, uh, the committee? I didn't have a problem with it, and it was really for this reason. I think so many people who were outraged by it, they were manipulated by the Associated Press poll, the AP poll, which here's the truth. We gave away the power to this college football playoff committee seven years ago back in 2014. So if you wanted to buy into where people were ranked preseason polls and throughout the season up until the point before the committee actually came out with their first poll, that's on you. Like <laughs> you are putting your stock and weight in something that doesn't matter. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. It, it just, it hasn't mattered since we've gone to the college football playoff. And since we've anointed a 13 person committee, So I wasn't really taken back by it. It was really more what I thought it was going to be because we've seen throughout its history, at this point in the season, they rely on the eye test and factoring in essentially strength of schedule and who you've beat, not who you've lost to, at least at this point in time in the season. So it didn't bother me. I think both Cincinnati and Oklahoma still have paths to be able to get up in the top four and be in the playoff. Yeah. I think if their goal was to get people upset and talking about it, they did a really good job. And let's not kid ourselves. This is a TV show. This this whole event is about TV ratings, getting the right teams in there. I think Cincinnati is going to be on the outside looking in, even if they run the table. Because it, it may not be fair, but if you're saying a one-loss Ohio State or a one-loss Alabama or a one-loss Oklahoma, they might leapfrog or they might stay in front of Cincinnati. What do you think? Uh, Todd, what's the update on uh, Brady Quinn? If he can just join us over the phone, then that's fine. It doesn't have to be a Zoom call. It looked like he has uh, reconnected. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be a Zoom call. I know. We had trouble reaching him on the phone, but I think he's back as a Zoom. Okay. Well, I'll wait until he pops up on And there he is. I thought you gave great thought to my question, Brady, that uh, Cincinnati is going to be left out of the final four. Um, I think they're definitely going to be left out if indeed you see um, Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC championship game because 
if you look at how the top 25 is constructed as we speak, seven teams are from the SEC. Six teams are from the Big Ten. That's over half. So clearly they're still telling you right now, we can act like there's a power five. There's a power two, essentially. And so they're going to give more weight to those two conferences, and they're going to allow a one-loss Georgia team in the SEC championship game to be in as well as Bama. Now, I don't think they're going to – if Georgia beats Bama, even a close game, I know that narrative has been flowed out there. We've never seen a two-loss team get in. Bama's not getting in if they have a second loss. But that that really – the SEC championship is the biggest way that Cincinnati could get knocked out. But the real question then becomes as well, look, if Ohio State wins out, they're going to be in. The winner of that SEC championship game will definitely be in, but I think Georgia's in too. So then you're really looking at three teams jockeying for that fourth spot, and you've got to compare Cincinnati's strength of schedule and their wins versus Oregon and versus Oklahoma's. When it's all said and done, yeah, I think in that scenario, if, if Bama beats Georgia, they'll be left out. But I think if Georgia beats Bama, you have two spots left. I think you see Oklahoma and Cincinnati go in, and it's the Pac-12 and Oregon that you know, end up getting leapfrogged when it's all said and done. Uh, which would be unfortunate for the Pac-12, but we've seen that in years past, and they really haven't been a part of the college football playoff national championship conversation since it started. Yeah, you start to look at all of this and how it unfolds, and and I'm also curious about if Michigan loses to Ohio State. I guess, do you think Jim Harbaugh's job could be in jeopardy? Is he on a warm seat, hot seat, any seat at all? Um, he's on a seat. Yeah, that, that, that's for sure. Uh, not wearing khakis anymore, but he's on a seat. The, I think it really more comes down to what he wants personally and professionally. Cause I, I think he's well-respected enough in certain circles where like if an NFL job came open, I could see him saying, I'm going to go take that opportunity. And it doesn't look as bad leaving your alma mater and leaving Michigan. If you go to the NFL, he has improved Michigan from where they were. They just haven't been able to get on top of the mountain yet. Um, and so it, it really comes down to his personal preference, personally and professionally, as to what he wants to do with the rest of his coaching career. You know, does he want to keep coaching? I always want. And there he goes. Now we tried. Uh, Brady, thank you, if you can hear me. And safe travels. Yes, Pauline. But the Michigan thing, it's like Harbaugh has good seasons and bad losses. You know, yeah. Nine and two, ten and one, ten and two. But then when there's an opportunity for the signature win, it seems like it never happens. Brady Quinn, uh, courtesy of uh, Fox Sports, he'll be in Lincoln, Nebraska for uh, Saturday's Fox Big Noon kickoff. Number five, Ohio State taking on Nebraska. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We bring in Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback of the Steelers. Steelers interested in Odell Beckham Jr., Ben? I have no idea. That is way, way above my favorite. <laughs> okay, when's the last time you weighed in on picking up somebody, a free agent or a draft pick? Um, I probably, I probably weighed in to coach T a lot through like a text on something. I don't, but you know, it's not like it's, Hey, get this guy or else it's just a, Hey, what do you think about this guy? Or maybe he'll shoot me a text. Um, do I know anything about this guy? But, but not, not a whole lot really. All right. Whose idea was it to have fun with coach Tomlin on the USC rumor? (laughs) 
<laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, didn't you guys show up with gloves? And oh, is that your fight on there? <laughs> oh, wait, oh no, I just was saying, hey, like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, yeah, I was um, because I had actually um, texted like earlier in the week, I think, when the news like kind of I don't know what you call it, breaking news, whatever you say, when Carson put it out there. My agent called me and said, did you hear what Carson said? And I'm like, no. And he told me. And then um, Coach T just happened to – either called me or I called him. I think he was at his, at his um, out of town for some personal reasons. And I said, hey, I said, it looks like you got some things to, to talk about. He's like, what are you talking about? And he had no idea. And I told him. And he's like, are you serious? Like, it's news? I'm like, I think you're going to have to answer for it. And I think he was doing his press conference the next day. And that's when all this stuff came out. And so I was speaking to the media the day after that, and I was like – I. You know, I got to, I've been with Coach T long enough. I got to go. So I was looking for like stuff in Juju's locker. And I tried, I had, he had a sweatshirt, but it was a large and now it looked too ridiculous. So I just put, the, I put the gloves on and had them in my, in the hoodie. And I tried to just like, you know, tip the cab, just some very subtle things. So um, just have some fun. How did, that, how did that go over with uh, Coach Tom? He, you know what? Surprised he never said anything. So maybe he didn't see it. Um, so next time I was going to, I was thinking about doing like some, just like literally any school that's got availability. I was going to try and do it and just see what happens. <laughs> well, Carson sent it, said it on my show. And I was saying, oh, okay. I was saying, Hey, you know, um, you, you know, are you uh, helping with uh, the, you know, getting uh, you know, coaching candidates there? And he goes, yeah, you know, and you know, we're looking at a variety of guys and uh, he goes, uh, and maybe a wild card would be Mike Tomlin. And then he wow. could tell from my reaction, he goes, Oh, you haven't heard that? And I go, no, and I don't think America has either. <laughs> oh, they, they had, he, they had, and he was, he was so. He's like, "Are you serious, Ben?" I'm like, "I'm telling you, you're going to have to answer for it." <laughs> uh, I, you know, I keep looking around the league, and it's a war of attrition. And we've added a 17th game. They're going to add an 18th game, but you'll probably be out of the league by then. But I mean. Does this make sense? I know that there's money attached, and that's the bottom line. But man, it. It's tough to stay healthy no matter how long a season is. It is. And I think my wife and I were just talking about this last week. Like, literally, every time you turn on the TV, whether it's the bottom line or breaking news or whatever, so-and-so gets hurt. So-and-so gets hurt. I get it's football, and I'm not trying to say it's because of the extra games or whatever it is or lack of preseasons or training camps or, you know, I don't know what – guys are bigger, faster, stronger. But – I mean, guys are just getting banged up left and right. And, and maybe it's no different than usual, but in my mind, it feels like it is. And you're right. I mean, it's, it's how can you get healthy at the right time, you know, towards the stretch of the end and enough to win games. And, um, you know, it's, it's golly, we went through it with a, we had groins and hamstrings there for a, a little stretch. And, um, you know, luckily those aren't as serious as some of the other ones that are going around right now. Okay, but it used to be that we would talk about you and it'd be, well, Ben Roethlisberger can extend a play. Like you would take on a defender, have two guys hanging off of you. Are you still capable of, are you willing to do that or have you changed your strategy? 
Oh, yeah, if, if it takes it to win. Did you see me go for that two-point conversion the other day? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're confused with, you know, who was back there. But, um, Man, that you know, was it takes quite an athletic game. move there that you had. No, I didn't say athletic. <laughs> I said there was no athleticism there. It was more about heart. And I'm oh, is that what it was? Oh, okay. That was your heart on display. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that, was, that took about 15 seconds to run two and a half yards. So... Um, you can still outrun no, Brady, you know, though, right? You can still outrun Brady. Uh, he gets weighed down by all those Super Bowl rings, though. You know. <laughs> How do you explain Brady? I don't know. Um, you know, obviously the guy puts his body through avocado ice cream and all these crazy, you know, the craziness that he does. And um, I know that he puts the, the work in, the time, the effort, like, through film study, through work, things like that. And um, golly, he's just, he's unbelievable. I, I don't know how to explain it. I wish I knew. He's five years older than you. I know. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. What do you think you'll be doing and at he 44? The, he'll stand in the pocket. It still blows my mind that he stands in the pocket sometimes, like completely flat-footed, looking around. Like, I feel like if I'm flat-footed for like a half a second, like someone's about to kill me. It's amazing. I, I, it's unbelievable what he does. What will you be doing at 44? Um, being a dad and a husband, and probably coaching little league something. Um, I don't know yet. There's a, there's, that's that's a ways down the road. I was what? Well, how far down the road? Uh, well, I'm going to be 40 in in March, so. It's like four and a half. That's lots of ways. Okay. Is that, is that your way of trying to ask me if I want to play till I'm what? Cause that's, that's the most unique way. Someone's asked me how long I want to play. And how would you answer? I promise you I won't be playing football at 44. Okay. <laughs> this just in breaking news. Ben Roethlisberger announces a retirement in five years. I can go with that. <laughs> well, I'll be playing football in the backyard with my kids. I, I'll be doing that. What do you do better now than you did 10 years ago? Um, man, I, I don't know, probably read defense. <laughs> um, you know, back then it was just, you know, use your athleticism, make people hang off you. I think you have to, you have to grow in that, in that area. I think, um, understanding, um, my teammates and men and, and trying to be a, a better leader. I think there's ways, um, and I've learned this through, through the many years I've played, there's, there's ways to motivate, to talk to um different guys and, and each guy's different it's not like you just go talk to linemen the same and receivers it's literally if you if you learn and want to be a great leader uh, of men or of a football team you have to learn how to speak to each person and, and what motivates each person i think i've i take pride in trying to know how to do that how to pull a guy aside um some guys you just give them a look you know i, I so i i, I take pride in trying in leading um football players and and men I obviously read into a lot, factoring in how long you played, but I'm watching the, the game against the Browns last year in the playoffs, and it was emotional for you. You know, you were crying on the bench, and I thought, this is it. You know, losing to the, you know, the, the team from your hometown, and then you beat the Browns last week, and then, like, there was true emotion in beating the Browns. Like, help me understand the significance of where you were last year in that reaction to where you are this year in that reaction playing the same team. Well, you know, you hate to lose in the playoffs, right? We always say one team, only one team ends the, the season the way they want to. And um, 
of course, some teams probably end the season. They just want to get done. But, um, you know, it's uh, sitting there with, with Pounce, knowing that um, it was probably it for him um, and, and what that guy meant to me. I think that was as much of the emotion as losing the game. Obviously, I hate to lose, so you get emotional. You hate to lose at home against the Browns, all those things, divisional opponent. But that guy sitting next to me just means so much to me. Um, and so I knew it was going to be tough to, to get him to come back for another one. So that was part of the emotion of last year. And then this year, I think it's it's going to a place – that I've played many times. It's an AFC North opponent. I've won many times up there. I told the guys after the game, the young guys especially, um, don't ever take winning up there against that team for granted. I've done it many times. I, I don't take it for granted. Like That that win meant as much to me as, as any of them just because of what you have to go through to win at that place. Um, the fans are awesome. Like I, I, I'll never – you know, those those fans are unbelievable. And so to go there where it's loud, where it's a good team, it's of an opponent, that's why I think I had that emotion after the game because you just don't take it for granted. He's the Steelers quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, joining us. He's got the game Monday night against the Bears. Uh, with the Aaron Rodgers news, How? what kind of safety protocol do you go through every single day? I have my tracer on, NFL tracer. Okay, so you know where I'm at. I'm around. You can't take that off. Oh, you well, you can take it off like for a shower, maybe, but you better have it on you. If you if you leave in your locker for a second, they're going to bring it to you. So that's the that's the the one way. I don't want to get fined, so I keep my tracer on. But you know, you got guys who are probably not vaccinated. Do they have a certain protocol? Like they go one way when you go in the building, and you go another way. Uh, I don't, like I said, I don't know. Um, I, I, I think you're supposed to have your mask on if you're not vaccinated. I don't know who on our team is and isn't. Um, I, I know I am, so I, I don't have to have my mask on. But, um, you know, it's you still have to live your life. Last year was such a bubble that we all lived in. It was so crazy. Um, we all sacrificed so much. People are still sacrificing, obviously, now and doing the smart thing. But I, um, you know, I'm still trying to live my life uh, to the best, the, you know, best I can. I saw where you reached out to some quarterbacks in the offseason. I think one of the Mannings, I don't know if it was Eli or Peyton. Uh, I don't know if you reached out to Drew Brees. Just sort of kind of understanding of what this moment means. And I was always told, if you're thinking about retiring, then retire. Uh, is that fair? Um, to a certain extent, I think you're. I think that's a, a fair point. Um, I think it depends on where you are in your retirement thinking or – you know, it's just what, you know, um, it, it, are, you, are you sitting there saying, man, 50-50, do I come back? Do I, you know, do I retire? If you're at that point, then you're probably right. If it's entered your mind that, okay, this this could be it or this is the last stretch, then then I think you could probably you could probably still do it. I think each person's probably a little different too, you know? When did your kids realize what dad did for a living? Um, probably about – Two years, my oldest one probably about two years ago. He's he's going to be nine, so probably about right about the six or seven mark when kids at school started to be like, "Oh, your dad does this," or, um, you know, going to games like understanding people wearing your jersey or people hollering at you when you're driving in the car or you go to go out somewhere and they're they're hollering at you. The kids are like, I remember the first time someone like hollered like Big Ben. My kid was like, "What? How does that per Like, who is that, Dad?" Someone hollering. Okay. Does your son wear your jersey, or does he like another quarterback? 
No, he wears mine. Okay. He likes other guys. I mean, he's got like he's got a Claypool jersey. He had James Conner jersey, Juju. But he always, but it never fails. He always goes back to dad on game day. Have you brought out the Super he Bowl just, rings? Watt, big, big guy. Like he loves. He wears his little like the. Remember, we all had the like the starter uniform, like the one with the little like rub the, the small helmet with the little bar, and the he's got like ninety on the side of his helmet, you know. So he's got your big DJ guy too, and, and he likes to hit his little brother. So he does DJ dance. <laughs> Is he going to be a quarterback? Um. He can, he's very talented throwing the ball. Uh, he wants to play football. We haven't let him play football. Not, not let him, but we just haven't done it yet. Uh, he's a very good golfer, and so I think he might do golf. The younger one's going to probably be pretty good. He's a little wrecking ball. I have played golf with Ben, and uh, I think you were just starting out playing. when we been a while. we got to do it again. When, 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 when we played in Tahoe, and I remember yeah. I, I tell the story, and I, I've said this to Breeze, too, because we played with Drew Breeze. And he's the most competitive. Like, how competitive was he that day? Very. Crazy. Very. Crazy. Yes. He bogeys the 18th. And Ben and I are finishing our hole. And and Breeze, he might have parted. He didn't bird it. He walked off the green. And, and, and so you're supposed to shake hands and all. And, and, and uh, Breeze walks off and Ben goes, uh, I guess I'll shake your hand twice. I'll represent both quarter, quarterbacks. <laughs> he was intense. You can be competitive and still, you know, you can still shake a hand after a round of golf. <laughs> I went. Oh, and the next day I saw him on the driving range. And I thought, oh, man, I, he, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> He walks over and he goes, hey, Dan, I had so much fun yesterday. And I go, you did? He goes, yeah. I said, oh, okay, well, I did too. Me too. <laughs> I was like, what, what do you think of uh, Breeze's retirement here? Um, from football? Yeah. Okay, I'll say, did some new news happen? No, the new, from his, his hair, his He's, oh, is, oh, is there something different there? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right. I got it. All right. Fight on. <laughs> fight, fight on. Something like that. <laughs> hey, uh, you make time every year to come on. Thank you. We appreciate it. And, uh, you know, hopefully you play as long as you want to play. But uh, thanks again. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Let's get golfing sometime again. Thank you, bud. We'll That's... find a third. Yeah, another quarterback. Let's find another quarterback, <laughs> not Breeze. Uh, thank you, Ben. That's uh, Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers and the Bears. That'll be coming up on Monday. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences, loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. If you uh, go to Pro Football Talk and you read what Mike Florio has been writing, then you're ahead of the game because he's been all over the Odell Beckham story and Aaron Rodgers as well. 
and the co-host of Pro Football Talk Live, celebrating the 20th year of Pro Football Talk. He is Mike Florio, uh, back on the program. All right, Mike, we knew that uh, Beckham was going to be released. Now, can you explain the process here of him going to uh, onto waivers and then what happens after that? Yeah, Dan, after the trade deadline, any player, no matter how many years in the league, must pass through waivers if released. If this had happened a week ago, he'd be able to go anywhere he wants. It happens now, he's got to go through waivers. And what I'm going to be curious to see is what they exactly did to his contract. The Browns wanted to reduce their financial obligation to him moving forward. But there's a sweet spot there because if you make it too attractive – then one of these other teams says, we'll just claim the contract on waivers. Beckham wants to be a free agent for the first time in his career. So that's what to watch during the waiver period. That window will open once he's officially released, presumably at 4 p.m. Eastern today. Teams will have the ability to make their waiver claims, and then we just have to wait and see what the results are. All it takes is one team. One team claims him. He goes to that team whether he wants to or not. And how does it start with the pecking order of the Lions are on the clock for Odell Beckham, correct? That's right. There's an order that gets updated every week during the regular season. After the third week is when it starts to change. It's locked in going into the season for the first three weeks. After week three, every week it's updated. The Lions, as the only winless team, have dibs. And then you'd have the Texans and the Dolphins. And whoever loses that game this weekend, assuming the waiver period doesn't close before Sunday, that team would have second dibs and so on until we get down to the best teams. That's how it goes. And you don't know what other teams have done. Everybody either says yes or no puts in a claim and then the league sorts it all out you could have in theory 30 teams make a claim for him on waivers but the team with the highest priority is the one who gets him okay more likely that he clears waivers or that he's picked up by a team got to see the contract got to see how they have negotiated it i would like to think his agent insisted on a structure that will make it more likely that he's not claimed on waivers and let me give you a quick example without getting too far into the weeds Browns want to reduce his salary, want to pay him less. Okay, fine. Well, let's put in the contract a clause that he gets 500000 per game when he's on the active roster, per game roster bonus, an enormous amount. That would scare a team off from claiming him on waivers because that automatically becomes part of what they owe him if they take him. Browns don't have to pay it, but if you take him, you have to pay it. Something like that would be advisable if the goal is to help him clear waivers. Who should... Who should pick him up? Well, look, I, I, I think the Packers should. I think the Chiefs should. The Chiefs have been struggling to find someone who can step in and supplement Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. There are some high-end contenders out there that should want him. The names that have bubbled up so far, though, I'm told, Seahawks, 49ers, and Saints. The Saints already were talking to the Browns about a trade. They couldn't work it out. I think the Saints would be very interested in adding him to the mix. My understanding is he'd like to play for the Seahawks. And if those are the three teams that are most intent in pursuing him, Seahawks have the best quarterback in Russell Wilson once he's healthy, so it would make sense. But yeah, there are plenty of teams that I think should want to see what he can do. The question is nobody really knows what he can do. Yeah, he's been open a lot this year, but our defense is really paying attention to him the way they used to? I don't think so. What if Baker Mayfield is the issue? Well, if he is, the Browns have chosen Baker Mayfield over Odell Beckham Jr. And when they did the trade, out of the blue, March of 2019, my first reaction was Cleveland is a town that's not big enough 
for both Baker Mayfield and OBJ. And I remember when the offseason program started in April of that year. And everyone was there for the first day. They did the press conference with OBJ and Mayfield and Jarvis Landry, who's been close with Beckham dating back to their days at LSU. And then Mayfield has to like be there as the quarterback after OBJ just walks out the door and disappears for the offseason program. That's your opportunity to build chemistry, to get to know a guy, and OBJ is nowhere to be seen. I, I think that threw a wrench into it early on. The pressure to constantly get the ball to OBJ. I think Mayfield resented that. He's the quarterback. He makes the decision as to who's open and where the ball goes. And I just don't think it, it, it ever really got them on the same page. He's Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host. The Aaron Rodgers situation. Um, how complicit is the team in this situation? Was there a cover-up? Uh, you know, is Aaron Rodgers going to be suspended? Maybe fine. Uh, go ahead. Pick. Pick one of those questions. Literally, there was no cover-up because he repeatedly did press conferences in the facility without <laughs> his face covered. And, and, and this is what's strange about the COVID protocols, Dan. And a lot of teams are watching this because the league has a history of being selective in its enforcement of rules. Last year, a handful of teams got hammered for coaches not properly wearing masks. When a lot more coaches than the ones who got hammered weren't wearing masks. So there's teams out there that repeatedly land on the NFL's radar screen, like the Saints and the Patriots, who are wondering, what are they going to do to the Packers here, right? What, what do the emails look like between Jeff Pash and Mark Murphy, the CEO of the Packers? How friendly are they? Is he going to look the other way? Has he been looking the other way? And there's no denying it. When it's in plain sight, he's at press conferences, they know he's not vaccinated, and there isn't a mask on his face. Preseason games, he was on the sideline not in uniform, no mask. I read the protocol as being very clear. Only active players are exempt from wearing a mask during a preseason game if they're not vaccinated. And the league's already twisting itself into a pretzel to excuse it because they let it happen. That's the real question here. They rely on the teams to enforce the COVID protocol, but then the league, you know, they can see the same press conferences we see. Why wasn't the league saying to the Packers, are you finding this guy 15 grand a pop? for not complying because he clearly went in the public eye was going to keep the masks away because he wanted to perpetrate the ruse that he was actually vaccinated. And yeah, it's where the Packers enforcing the protocol and was the league asleep at the switch because it looks like both were true. Well, it feels like the Packers and Rogers were collectively winking at this. Like, oh, that's right. You know, we're not going to tell and don't worry. And like, nobody wants to upset, If you know, in particular, the, the Packers don't want to upset him. Like, they, they need to fall on the sword here. The delicate genius who decided 72 hours before the start of training camp that he wasn't going to retire. You think they're going to antagonize him? Or do you think they're going to look the other way if they can? And you know what? This is one of those where you do the analysis in advance. This is the old saying, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Let's just keep our mouths shut about this. And if it ever hits the fan, we'll write the check. We'll deal with it then. But we don't want to undermine our very tenuous relationship with a guy that we are trying to make feel good about us. What better way to make him feel good about it than to not hassle him every day about wearing a mask, especially when he's in the public eye and he wants to be able 
to advance the false narrative that he's actually vaccinated. So doesn't surprise me at all. And that's why the league should be in charge of this. Somebody said to me yesterday, somebody with one of the teams said, you know, the teams aren't expected to find the coach when the coach goes to a press conference and rips the officiating, the league does it. Why isn't the league the one that's intervening and disciplining a player when he fails to comply with the COVID protocol. What did you have yesterday that you posted about Rogers' reaction? Was he was he livid or what was the furious, 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 furious? furious. Now is he furious because? Well, tell me why. Why is he furious? Well, he's furious that it got out that he's not vaccinated. And you know, Dan, this has been an issue for years. But didn't it, it have to get out, Mike? If he's on the COVID list, that people are going to go, uh, "Are you vaccinated?" Well, Well, if he's on the COVID list because of a positive, that doesn't necessarily show that he's not vaccinated. If you're on the COVID list because of a close contact, then you're definitely not vaccinated because if you are, you're not knocked out for five days as a close contact. But if you're positive, it doesn't matter whether you're vaccinated or not. And when you throw on top of it that it was the NFL's media conglomerate that reported that he isn't vaccinated and the league is NFL media and NFL media is the league. I'm just I'm trying to anticipate what his next appearance with Pat McAfee is going to sound like, what his next press conference with a mask on, I assume, is going to sound like. And he's going to be looking for somebody to blame. Look, the book's out on this guy. I'm sorry. One of the great quarterbacks of all time. But we know how he is. He wants to blame somebody. And I could see him fashioning an argument that he had the right to lie to all of us about being vaccinated. He had the right to choose to keep that secret and he shouldn't have been outed by the league. Wow. I mentioned- I can't wait. Must see TV. Get your popcorn the next time he talks, Dan. Uh, Jordan Love, do you want him to play great or bad for the story? Oh, I think the story is better if he plays incredibly well. Isn't it? That makes it more likely the Packers move on from Aaron Rodgers after the season. Yeah, but if he doesn't play well, and you know Rodgers is likely to move on, and Jordan Love is not your future, that could be awkward. Well, then then that proves his point from all along. Why in the world did you trade up in round one to draft a quarterback when we had other more immediate needs that would have maybe helped us win the Super Bowl last year? Hey, I don't rule out. And 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 I've learned through 20 years of doing this, You have to be ready for everything. And the thing that you aren't ready for is the thing that will happen. We haven't heard a word from Aaron Rodgers in the two days since this hit the fan. Not a peep, not a tweet, not a word, not a thing, not a statement, nothing. Well, what if this is the thing that causes him to say, I've had enough of this crap. I've had enough of dealing with this league. I've had enough of dealing with this team. I've had enough of dealing with this game. I'm out. I'm done. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but wouldn't that be amazing if that's what he decides to do? Just walks away middle of the season because he's pissed off that he got outed for being unvaccinated. Again, very small chance of it happening. But if you don't account for it, that's when it happens. Maybe maybe I shouldn't have said it. Maybe I don't say it. It happens. But I've got everything's on the table for me on this day. And I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Would you put him in front of the media? Well, he has to be. I mean, he has to be. And now, should he should he speak now? I, I just feel like, and Peter King said this earlier today on PFT Live, the silence is deafening. And what happens is when you choose not to speak in the aftermath of something like this, you allow everyone else to create the narrative. Yeah. And the narrative is he's a big fat liar. So if you've got an explanation, and I hope he doesn't try to parse words 
and say that immunized means something other than vaccinated. I mean, I've watched that clip. You've seen that clip. Are you vaccinated? Yeah, I've been immunized and I'm not going to judge my teammates who aren't vaccinated. I mean, he's telling the world he's vaccinated by saying it that way. And if he tries to 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 navigate the words, that's not going to help him. I I don't know. And I'm ready to have an open mind, whatever his explanation is. But the longer he waits, the harder it's going to be to turn everything around. Have a great weekend, Mike. Thanks, Dan.